Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, near or far, high or low, you're listening to the Coach D podcast. And um, I'm not gonna lie, listeners, um, the last time I was giddy was when I had um, shout out to Coach Mike Dunn. I um, had him on the podcast, but to have you know this person and just in in terms of what they're doing, you know, in terms of basketball and really helping players to develop, it's an absolute privilege and a treat for myself and the listeners to have this person on the show but listeners you know how we do we have to introduce our guests the right way so let's do it right so listeners <clears throat> let me get my david stern on <clears throat> stepping on the court we have a special guest with a high knowledge of the game and an even deeper understanding of the athlete's body They cover everything from physical therapy, online training and rehab performance training. Their mission is optimizing movement to improve your basketball experience for life and have helped many athletes recovering from injuries with their program. Listeners, please give a warm welcome to the Basketball Doctors. Damn, man, I love it. I love it. Thanks, <laughs> no, of course. I feel like I was stepping back on the court. Awesome. <laughs> I love it because, coach, I mean, seriously, I mean, we're going to get into it in the pod, but I think just, you know, people like yourself and shout out to my mentor, um, coach Hugh, who um, he's got a degree in sports therapy. I think it's it's been so vital, you know, and just, you know, with everything that you guys are doing is just a huge help to the community but um just you know thinking about myself as a coach first but as a player second you know it's just so important to kind of know how we can better take care of our bodies but before we even get into all of that coach you know talk to me you know in this in this moment how's your mental and how's your physical uh thanks well first of all thanks coach for having us on i mean this, this is going to be an awesome experience, but yeah, we're, um, I'm Marco, just to really introduce myself and my co- fellow co-founder's name is Gabriel Ignacio, and we started the Basketball Doctors, but right now, you know, we're we're both from uh, California, um, I'm in Los Angeles, he's in Orange County area, but we're feeling good, you know, unfortunately the basketball courts are closed, so we haven't been able to put up a shot at an indoor court. Um, I'm not a big outdoor person. I used to be like shooting. I like indoor. Right. Um, but we haven't. I haven't personally myself. Haven't been a, been able to put up a shot. Actually, I lied. I did it two months ago. We found a gym that we snuck into. But it's been a while. <laughs> As you do. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's been a while. Um, so this is where we're at in the basketball culture here in Los Angeles. Everything's closed. They're starting to open up some courts outdoor. But yeah, um, that's where we're at. So it it varies from state to state because I don't know for for some reason I just thought that like eighty percent of the US is pretty much open, but obviously it, it kind of varies from state to state. Then yeah, yeah. So um, a oh, bunch okay. of states are all open except for California, especially Los Angeles. We're still one of the have the higher restrictions and stuff. Right, right. Oh my goodness. So I mean. You know, before we even speak about, you know, the basketball doctors and how that came about, kind of just talk about, you know, your your very first time getting into basketball and the very first time, you know, you, you had the basketball in your hands. Yeah, so um, I actually grew up playing soccer um, mm-hmm. as a kid. And then I remember, I think it was, I played pretty competitively up until the fifth grade. And I remember the soccer ball went over to the basketball court. I never really played basketball. I think it was fourth grade. And right. uh, I just picked up the soccer ball and I shot it and I, and I made it. And I was like, man, this is way easier to make a basket than soccer. <laughs> <laughs> then, I got, then I got hooked. Uh, ever since uh, fourth, fifth grade, I started playing more and more. Uh, played in middle school club teams and then played high school club teams. And then I had a bunch of injuries all throughout high school. So it kind of limited my high school career back and forth and in college just played some um, club basketball and just uh, recreationally all the time and right now um, 
we're trying to get back onto it hopefully soon right right now i mean just in terms of you know and it, it's it says a lot about your character in in terms of you know some people would have had so many injuries i thought you know what okay basketball isn't for me or you know what i'm gonna just take a step back from sports but the way the both of you was able to kind of spin it and you know turn a negative into a positive is you know something great but just kind of earlier on when you kind of look back at when you was playing in high school you know with the knowledge that you know now what would you say are some of the things that you was being put through as a player that kind of contributed to some of those early injuries yeah no that's a great point i mean i i tell me and my you know, co-founder Gabe, we tell all the high school kids and everyone that we work with, I mean, to be honest, I don't think I would have been the same person if I would have met myself earlier. So if I was, let's wow. say, in high school, would have met myself now, I think my career would have been way different. And right. I think the biggest thing is knowing now what I know now, if I would have uh, put that in perspective in high school, it would have changed my trajectory significantly. And I don't know if I would have been a physical therapist, you know, I might have pursued just playing basketball overseas or something like that. Right. um, Because I was injured every year. But now our mission is to provide, you know, all the basketball players around the world information that we as uh, Hoopers wish we had when we were younger. And especially for those people that are continuing playing basketball like ourselves, being able to continue playing basketball. So I think the biggest thing is like you said a lot of people get hurt and they're like you know what i'm not gonna play basketball anymore mm-hmm. i think i'm done i used to be able to do this i used to but we want to turn that used to into i still do yeah, um, by taking care of her body that right. plays a huge role and in high school middle school you everyone thinks their body's invincible and when they have like a little minor injury they'll ignore it but that might lead to injuries down the line that are worse right right and it's it's so uh i don't know because at the time i'm I'm just kind of thinking back to when i was in high school it was quite tough to kind of not be on your feet if that makes sense i was always running to class playing basketball playing football tennis different sports so you're constantly running around and, and you're you know always active so um just in in terms of i don't know what would you have changed back then or what would you have liked to be exposed to if that makes sense in 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 terms of you know the coach saying hey make sure you get your resting or just you know eating the right food or just taking the weekend off you know and just chill put your feet up and just you know chill you know yeah no that's a great point i think one of the biggest things is you know as a kid and i just remember i used to play like six seven hours a day sometimes yep. in the summer you know you would <laughs> right. play pickup non-stop um, but i think one of the things that the majority of all the injuries that we see and i've experienced gabe has experienced a lot of them are highly preventable or we could yes. reduce the risk of and right. the biggest thing of those is taking care of your body i right. think when we're younger we're kind of invincible and i think it comes from just like doing some mobility stuff some injury prevention some um, strengthening because I think uh, when I was playing we never really went into the gym or anything when I played basketball it was more like okay. our, our gym meaning like weight room it was more like hey let's go play ball and that's how we're gonna get better but we have to supplement what we do as basketball players off right. the court with some training some prehab stuff so like let's say you have an ankle sprain let's say it's a minor one mm-hmm. um, you're like okay let me walk it off but that minor one might limit your range of motion Right. down the line in a couple of weeks because you know it gets stiff you're gonna rest in it keep on playing it and if you don't have full range of motion that's in a they've shown if you do a certain test um it's called the anterior reach and if you okay. reach out with one leg uh, with your heel down so let's say you're on one leg you reach out with the opposite leg and you can't let the heel come off the ground on the leg that's on the ground and you reach out and if you compare that with the other side and there's the distance is more than 2.5 centi- or sorry, four centimeters greater than each the between left and right. right. Let's say your left one's four centimeters more than your your right one. Right. You're at a 2.5 times more likely to get hurt. So wow. um, just kind of quick screening tests like that. I wish we would have um, had like little screening tests um, 
let's say freshman year, sophomore year in high school, junior year, senior year, mm-hmm. or still want to teach us how to squat, lunge, several movements to kind of really strengthen our muscles because one of the biggest things I see is that jumper's knee that everyone had. I've had yes. it when I was a kid. Yeah. Or that tendonitis. And a lot of it has to do with the tendon just being overloaded because we're constantly jumping as basketball players, running, cutting, everything. And if our muscles aren't strong enough, to withstand that tendon or, or the capacity of the, the activity that we're doing, the tendon's gonna, the next one that's gonna take the toll. So wow. doing kind of strengthening and getting the body right. And I think that's what the, the biggest thing I wish, or I, I tell right now, current basketball, like right. really listening to your body. If you feel something, try to figure out what's, cause that's gonna lead you down the line. Uh, so that's kind of one thing this is this is this is so beautiful coach because you you, you've you've literally read my mind because i was literally going to say the next point in in terms of just the importance of listening to your body i think i'm starting to become more aware of that now just in terms of you know because obviously when you're younger and you're playing scrimmages or games and you might have a little soreness in the hip or the knees or the ankles and you kind of immediately think oh no it's nothing i can you know fight through the pain you know but i think um a lot more later on i was able to be conscious of like okay like this is some serious pain let me actually have a look at it or is it a reflection of you know a my muscle overcompensating for a weaker muscle group and just you know becoming aware of things like that so for yourself when you kind of reflect on your high school career you know i mean being injured every single year was it um a collection of different injuries or or just the same one but to a higher pain degree yeah no uh, before i even answer that question coach see you got it right on point like i think you know as you get older you learn how to listen to your body even more right. and that's even more important because you really need to be like i tell people you want you know or play the next day Exactly. go all out one day and you're, you're not able to do it the next day that kind of puts you in a bad loop so like let's say if your shoulder's feeling off when you're shooting like okay let me just kind of stretch it out loosen it up let's see how that feels right. you don't want to push through much to the pain per se but to uh, kind of answer that question about the injuries you know some of them were kind of freak injuries that i had i remember i fractured oh. my wrist putting my hand between a screen when i was guarding a defender and Oof. the defender went through it and it was just kind of random and then um I've had a lot of ankle sprains, which really uh, one ankle sprain led to like a, I, I almost tore my MCL. Wow! Uh, so that was that was a that was a big one, and then my bigger injury was uh, and actually in grad school, um, I've always had like knee injuries, and now I finally really understood like why some of my knee injuries were occurring. But I actually tore my ACL two and a half years ago, and that's what kind of started the basketball doctors. And okay. I kind of contribute that ACL injury to some previous uh, knee injuries that I've had just because I didn't really know how to control my body as much. My movement right. wasn't as perfect as I wanted to be. So, oh man, just in, in terms of, you know, I'm very curious to know, which I think is great you know because i mean shout out to my mentor once again because he had you know shin splints from a young age you know he kind of took the next step to you know understand what was happening to his body but most importantly why it was happening to his body which you know led to him getting a degree in sports therapy so for yourself you know um outside of you getting injured was there kind of a deeper meaning on how you was able to combine your passion of basketball to the actual healthcare side and just you know making sure that you can get your body in the best spot but also you know sharing this information to the athletes that are coming up yeah no just kind of like your mentor said i think the why was the the big point alliance it was like why am I always getting hurt or like right. or the the what if I think like what if I'd never got hurt or what if you know um, I was able to reduce the risk of my injuries and that's what kind of led my passion so hopefully our passion is you know obviously trying to help these basketball players improve their movement and everything but allow right. them to enjoy the basketball experience so we want that high school athlete if we could reduce um, ankle sprains or jumpers knees or ACL injuries 
our mission is kind of complete because right. we want to be able to allow those basketball players to play out throughout their high school career, those college players, those semi-pro players to stay healthy. And that's our biggest thing. We want to be able to maintain the players' health at our uh, at our position that we can allow them to play. And that's kind of our, our biggest thing. That's how our goal is like, hey, how can we help basketball players? And there wasn't that much information when we first started our company right. out there. And we wanted to be able to be that source for any basketball player to be like, okay, you know, I sprained my ankle. What should I do? Oh, let me just look up some stuff here. And boom, we have some information there. Or, right. you know, I have jumpers name, do this. Um, just because we wish we had all this information when we were younger. You know, it's kind of like our mission. You know, if we couldn't, we couldn't make it to the game ourselves further down the line, but we have helped several athletes, hundreds of athletes continue their playing careers. I love it. I love it. Now, I'm just thinking, you know, because, um, and though, uh, this is the one thing I'm going to get into it, um, later on in the show, but one thing that I like about what you guys are doing, um, basketball doctors, is you're able to. You know, you're 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 able to convey something that is super complex in terms of when you're dealing with the body and injuries to something very simple and digestible for the modern athlete, which is you know something that I absolutely love because I'm just looking at you know if a young player is listening or looking at you guys, they're not going to be overwhelmed with what the gastric nemesis and things like that like they're they're going to be able to pinpoint exactly this is the injury this is why it's happened okay how can i prevent it you know so just in in terms of you know highlighting the importance of well first off just understanding what is biomechanics and why is it important for basketball yeah no that you made a great point and that's what we continue to try to do um, every day, every time we put out our content, we try to put it as much um, as digestible to the basketball athlete. You know, right. our you know at first, I think when we first started, we were trying to uh, be very scientific, going very into detail. Right. And then we noticed we're like, you know what? Let's say we really kind of put ourselves in the minds like, hey, let's say if I'm a high school basketball player or a you know college basketball player, semi-pro, middle school athlete, am I going to be able to understand this? I don't really care about right. this. You know, what I really want to <laughs> care is like. Can you break this down in simpler terms? So we started right. changing our, our our language and making it very simple for for people to really understand their body. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the best the other thing is we're just trying to provide evidence based information because there's a lot of stuff out there that's not as great and people are like hey I did this but we're trying to bring the evidence into it and our experiences as a um, physical therapist into it as well. So trying to provide you know real. Uh, as much real information backed by evidence as we can right right exactly exactly now i mean just in terms of and um i did a bit of research and and after hearing some of the results it definitely made sense and you kind of spoke on it earlier just in in terms of some of the most common injuries as a basketball player and the first one that came to my attention was foot foot a foot sorry foot and ankle injuries the next one was hip and thighs after that we have knee injuries and then some of the ones that are not as common but still do happen is the wrist and the hands and the head and the face so i'm very curious i can kind of understand why you know the foot and the ankle would be one of the most common but just in terms of you know with your expertise and just from what you've seen why would you say these injuries happen so commonly yeah so the like you said the foot and ankle one that one's like the major one just because of the recurrent of ankle sprains and usually i tell people ankle sprains you're usually going to have a lateral ankle sprain and it's like if you're a basketball player and you haven't had an ankle sprain have you really played basketball? You know, exactly. <laughs> no, had, this is true. This is true. <laughs> everyone, everyone had like a minor one or a major one. The biggest right. thing on those ankle sprains is once you sprain your ankle once, and if you don't rehab it properly, I think you're up to like a 500% chance of re-spraining it again. Wow. So it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, and then the people, the basketball players, tend to 
you know, uh, continue just like, hey, let me just tape it up, tape it up, tape it up. And if you don't get the proper mobility in the ankle, that's what leads to issues with Achilles tendinopathy or tendinitis. And that's more prevalent in the not so much high school. It's more like the the recreational weekend warrior basketball player that um, right. is between 25 to 35. Okay. And because Achilles tendon is the strongest tendon in the body, right. but we don't really expose it to too many things and it puts a little stress. And then it first starts off with tendonitis, then leads to tendinopathy and then leads to a tear. Right. Um, usually a tear is a result of chronic degenerative changes, not so much one little movement. Um, okay. And then another thing that I've seen too with basketball players, a lot of basketball players are flat feet or have flat foot. Um, that means their arch is kind of sunken and I think it's because of the basketball shoes that's kind of what I'm um, in my opinion I'm thinking more uh, globally like why is it that basketball players or a lot of them have flat feet Um, and I think it's because of the basketball shoes the the cushion they spend too much time on the shoes so that changes the whole sensory feedback of your foot Mm -hmm. and sometimes even people rely too much on the shoe or the cushioning to give them their quote-unquote arch um so over time that arch when it collapses leads to different strains it might lead to plantar fasciitis might lead to uh decreased range of motion at at the ankle and then might increase pain at the knee because the knee's now moving in and then at the hip it's going into internal rotation so it all starts with the feet and a lot of it it's like that arch if the arch collapses um and it leads to issues then that's a problem a lot of people have fallen arches and it's not so much it's not per se bad quote unquote right unless you have pain associated with it but it does put you at risk if you have a um, dynamic collapse of your arch so let's say you can make an arch but when you walk your arch collapses that rotates your tibia and then puts a little torsion on the knee but that's kind of um well it kind of all starts in the feet that's why i usually have a lot of the basketball players actually take off their shoes in our warm-up and it's like hey let's just go barefoot let's just feel the ground let's work on some um contact surface just so they could spend some time without the shoe but the foot and ankle those are the the majority of them and then ankle sprains we could technically i can't say we can't prevent them but we could reduce the risk of the injuries by working on research has shown some proprioception glute strength and ankle mobility if you don't have full ankle mobility it puts you more at risk for ankle sprains right Uh, but there's some that um you can't prevent let's say you land on someone's foot you can't you know you don't yeah you can't really true. prevent that but right. if you strengthen the muscles around it and everything you might decrease the severity of that ankle sprain it's 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 so incredible and, and i think really i because i've been kind of you know locked in my house and 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 just been doing so much research you really start to understand you know because i think i would always apply it to you know things outside of basketball and outside of the body in terms of you know you need a good foundation in terms of you know having a good foundation with your family you know you can't build a house if you don't have a good foundation but you know just with what you're saying you know now applying that to basketball and the body the foundation what are we on as soon as we learn how to crawl and walk and run we're on our feet so many times you know and it's just from not having a stable foundation like you said it can lead to injuries going up through the body you know starting with your knees the hips and things like that so um it's 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 truly fascinating and definitely would like players to know more about but i mean just in terms of you know when you're looking at the average athlete or even some of the athletes that you have today what are some of the things that you kind of test just to see where their body is at yeah um like you said i usually there's a we kind of developed the basketball movement screen uh, to kind of run through a lot of the basketball athletes you know to kind of see what where they're at baseline and it's a good testing protocol for us but i usually start kind of bottom up meaning like right. you said the foundation right. so um when an athlete comes in we uh or i'll kind of run you through a quick movement screen that we've done with a couple several high schools um so one of the things is we have the uh it's kind of like the wide balance test okay but you can make uh your own version of it with 
just a, a ruler. Um, but pretty much, I do an anterior reach, and it's, that's the test that we talked about. Um, okay. Um, about the ankle sprain. So you're standing on one leg. Uh, you kind of squat down with one leg and try to reach out with your opposite leg as far out as you can and just right. mark where you go. You have three three tries and you have to be able to touch it and come back without falling over and while keeping your hands by your hips. Right. You reach you reach there, you try to tap it, see where you're at. You have three tries compared to your other side. If it's greater than four centimeters, you're at risk. We kind of marked that as a red flag. Hey, we got to work something out and usually when they do that they're like hey have you sprained your ankle recently they're like yeah i actually sprained my ankle more on my right side oh that's why you can't really reach that far so but we always had this information beforehand we have them like hey let us your prior medical history or sometimes they forget about it you know like oh i didn't i forgot that i sprained my ankle right Um, right. other tests that we do it's pretty simple um that could be used if you don't have a ruler is you just grab put your knee to the wall keep your foot on the wall and then you try to drive your knee to the wall. Once you touch the wall, you move your foot a little bit backwards. And every time you try to touch the wall while keeping your knee aligned with your second and third toe and not letting your heel come off. And then see how far you're able to move your foot back while okay. being able to touch the, the wall with your knee. And this right. is the entire time you're in half kneeling, meaning like one knee's down on the ground and the other foot's on up, right. kind of like a split, split position. Right. And then you're kind of touching the wall further and further as you move further back. And then once you get to this area that you can't go, you can't touch it or your heel comes off, you mark that area and you compare that with the other side. So that's kind of a quick little uh, test to see where your foundation is at with ankle mobility, dorsiflexion, because right. that's the most important motion. Meaning uh, if you have your foot, being able to lift up your forefoot um, mm-hmm. or your toes off the ground, how high you could do that. Right. Um, other thing is, just your resting posture per se, I would say with your foot is, you know, does your foot, when you walk, does your arch collapse? You know, if you're at standing, you're able to make an arch and then you walk and your arch collapses or anything. That's the thing that we want to take note because that's more of that dynamic collapse that we don't really want for our arch. If you're flat footed the entire time, um, I'm not too concerned because it might be that you were born with that. What's called this right. plus plan is but if you're able to make an arch standing up, then when you walk or you squat, the arch collapses. That's more of a concern for us. Uh, the other one that we like to do is we have them do a lunge, just a quick little lunge. And when we do the lunge, we want to see if their knees coming in, in towards their body, meaning in towards their first toe. That's an, uh, that's a faulty movement pattern, meaning that's not optimal per se. Right. Um, and then uh, sometimes we also look at the pelvis. Sometimes with the pelvis, if we draw a line between their hips and they do the lunge and one side drops even lower, that means they're compensating. So they might be because of weak hips okay. or weak core. Another right. thing is also the trunk. If you do the lunge and your trunk kind of moves side to side, that's um, more of a trunk position. Maybe the core is weak or it's more of more control. We got to teach you how to use your muscles. Right. Uh, that's another test and then we also like um, a really good one that we uh, uh, show people is um, it's called the single leg landing test or a drop test so pretty much going off what you said Coach D the foundation so right. um, we really work on landing with a lot of athletes because if you, I say like uh, analogy of a car if you're a Lamborghini but you don't have no, good brakes I love it yeah you're, you're not going to be able to control that car so we're talking so about control true. so we actually have someone at a 12 inch box or 18 inch box, have them jump off the box, land on, we do it two different ways, land on one leg and land on two legs. First, we look at two legs. If they look good, like, okay, let's progress to one. Let's have them not get hurt. But I have them land on one leg. And when we are having land them on one leg, I want to see how well they're able to absorb the force. Meaning, is their knee aligned with their second and third toe? Is their knee moving too much? Is their trunk moving too much? So the things, same things that we applied with the lunge are gonna be applied when we land from the box. Right. And the reason we want this is the majority of the injuries, I'll say like 80% or so, come from any deceleration, meaning um, when you're absorbing the force, when you're landing, you know, when you land, that's when you hurt yourself. It's not usually takeoff. It's usually when you land or you break or you're true. cutting. Right. Um, so we wanna see that. Um, because obviously you're not going to be able to land like this during the basketball game, but you're going to teach your body, program your body, um, how to use the correct landing if it's possible. 
right. and the more you use it you the more you kind of do a um, you absorb the force as opposed to taking it's more active absorption over passive absorption meaning passive is the bones tendons take the strain active is the muscles around it okay. so that's that's a good one and then in there we kind of see if they're using more of a knee strategy meaning they when they land their knees are way over their toes um or when they land their knee doesn't even go past their forefoot we kind of want a mixture of both we want right. to be able to use your hips and your quads right. um right. and that's a that, that's kind of like the the big three that i would say that are quick easy to uh digest they like first see their mobility then obviously we have a bunch of strength tests but um one of them is like let's see how well you land on the ground and that's kind of like the important one besides the ankle mobility so see and it's uh i'm i'm so glad that you spoke about it because you know this was um a very young coach d who um i didn't know much about coaching i, I was a straight up die hard chicago bulls derrick rose fan and to the listeners you know that i half about my chicago bulls team and derrick rose because for me personally coach he's the best point guard in the nba but that's you know a, a, a conversation for another time but um just in terms of you know at the time when he got injured obviously i didn't know anything about the importance of not jumping up but like you said the importance of landing and what your technique is and just you know seeing especially before the injury happened when he would take off and the landing he would land quite stiff and he wouldn't always utilize his knees or his hips to kind of cushion the landing and over time once you're constantly repeating that this is what can you know start to build up in terms of injuries and then when you kind of compare some of the other players like LeBron Westbrook does this um, extremely well just in terms of when they land you can just see the difference in terms of I mean like you were saying just in terms of how they land they're using the you know the hips the knees just a cushion that landing so things like that i think is just so important because even sometimes i'll be getting a little bit ocd just just in terms of you might have a team that's doing a layup line and i'm not really concerned with when they take off it's how they're landing and sometimes they'll be landing quite heavy on their feet and i kind of tell them okay just be conscious of how you're landing also you know but i mean just in terms of what you were saying i absolutely love it absolutely love it now is there such a thing as um you know exercises that are too basketball specific and kind of you know incorporating exercises that are more all round for the body if that makes sense yeah no that's a that's a great point i mean i think um one of the biggest thing is sometimes we do a lot of, um, this is kind of in my opinion, I think sometimes when we go too hard on plyometrics or too hard on like a lot of jumping stuff, we do jumping stuff with our athletes, but a lot of the jumping stuff they're already doing on the basketball court, you know, they're right. already repetitive strain, especially during the end season. Um, but I usually like my biggest thing is when we work with our basketball athletes, we're telling them, hey, we're gonna turn you into athletes overall. Um, we don't want to just have you just be a basketball athlete. We want to have you move well overall. Because uh, I think that's the biggest thing that we've seen with sometimes with basketball athletes. Um, they, they move too much like basketball athletes. And it's it, not, necessarily right. a bad, not, not necessarily a bad thing, but we want right. them to be able to, um, especially with the high schoolers, do some cross training with the different sport so they could really learn how to move their body and everything. Right. Um, and I think that's the, the big, biggest thing. We, we get very basketball specific with our rehab when it comes to um, end stage rehab. Meaning in the beginning, um, let's say if I'm uh, rehabbing someone from an ankle sprain, um, I might, uh, I'll sprinkle in, because uh, we're very, we want to get the athlete's motivation on throughout the rehab. So we will sprinkle on the basketball when we're doing some single leg balance work or we're doing some glute strengthening. It's like, here, here's a basketball, I'll dribble this while you're doing this exercise. And it helps with the motor cortex of the brain uh, multitasking but okay. also we we go very foundational be like okay let's 
really work on this, then we'll get very basketball specific as we're getting in return of basketball activity. Right. But the entire time we're sprinkling in basketball. So I think we go more uh, broad athlete and then zoom into basketball specific towards the end stage of rehab per se. But let's say if there's a healthy person, I try to do kind of variation of everything. I try to expose them to a general athletic base and get their, get everything working that way. Right, right. And just in terms of, and please um, correct me if I'm wrong, but just in, in terms of, again, just, you know, highlight the, just how key and how important as an athlete, you know, getting the foundation you know as as strong as you can not just for short term but for long term you know and just in in terms of you know if someone is let's say going through a shoulder pain or a back pain would you always contribute that to the source which is the foundation the feet or can there be um unique circumstances that cause those types of pain yeah, that's a great question. I think it's a, it's a little bit of both. I would say okay. um, they get um, there's the foundation. If you don't have the foundation down, I think every time when I see someone get hurt, um, first I want to see what the mechanism of injury was. So let's say it was a back pain and there was a traumatic movement. So I think I'm thinking, hey, this might not be so much foundation. There might be foundation issues. We did take a look at him. It might have been just a traumatic injury, but um, let's say someone landed on their back or something like that, you know. But let's say if it's like a repetitive overuse, that's more foundation for sure than I'm thinking. So let's say a, a knee injury, like jumper's knee, or um, let's say an ACL, for example. ACLs, everyone kind of it's a it's a hot topic. It's like one of those some people call it season ending or not season ending, career ending season ending for sure because you're out for a year right, but career right. ending they're like hey i don't want to play basketball anymore but the aco ends up being in the foundation hey was the injury contact or non-contact you know mm-hmm. let's say like iman Shumper, uh derrick rose um clay thompson kind of but a lot of them um sometimes they have a non-contact where they're just plant and right. then the knee gives out they're doing a euro step and the knee gives out um, so that's kind of if it's a non-contact there's some foundation in there that wasn't uh at its peak that we have to really work on once we get them back and walking and moving everything we the entire time we're assessing hey why did this happen because right. your knee shouldn't buckle when you do a euro step you know right. um but let's say if it was a contact injury let's say if a like my ACL injuries, I went up for, I was going to go up for a rebound and a guy stopped in front of me and he kind of fell and he landed on my knee and my Ooh. knee, he took out my knee. Goodness so, uh, so that's more of a contact. So that one, um, uh, my foundation too, wasn't as great after okay. I kind of rehab, I found out like, oh, why this was happening and everything like that. But those you can't really prevent. So it's, right. that was you, there might be some foundational problems, but you can't, I can't really say it contributed 100 percent uh but the ones that are non-contact there's something going down you know and we have to really look at the foundation right right and that's why i mean i have to say hats off because i mean i I would always hear in the past you know lebron you know spends a lot of time and a lot of money on his body and i'd be like okay yeah that's cool but it's only when i was um listening to a podcast where coach k was on and he said um this was during the olympics in 2012 that lebron would show up like one hour to 45 minutes be before practice or to a game and he would spend that whole hour or 45 minutes on stretching when i heard that coach i was like okay like okay lebron is actually onto something like he's aware of just how important preparing the body is you know and i personally feel that that's you know that's something that needs to be highlighted a lot because i mean like we was mentioning earlier in the podcast that you know i i can't remember when i was 15 16 stretching or foam rolling or just warming up myself before actually training or getting into my i would just 
jump in and don't even ask me if I was doing a cool down because I'll be looking at you like, what? Hey, come on, coach, I'm 16, man. I got this, bro. But <laughs> literally now, coach, I'm not playing. Not like if I'm doing a scrimmage or a game, I show up half an hour early just to phone roll, use the massage, go and get my body right because there's sometimes when I kind of cheat and I go straight into a game and it's just again you know and I have to stress this to the athletes that the importance of just listening to your body because when when your mind doesn't want to hear it your body will scream hey look big fella and I know you want to dunk right now or I know you want to go for 40 but we need to kind of just like take a deep breath maybe sit this one out and just you know work on the stretching and stuff you know so it it is it is so so key so so i love it you know it's funny coach see that's the same thing with me i think uh uh i'd say like three years ago four years ago i started uh i was uh 23 22 uh And then um, I, I, when I started playing basketball more and more recreationally after I grad, you know, we were in grad school and that's where I really learned more about the importance of warming up your glutes, activating these muscles and everything. Right. I would show up in our weekly, uh, in our bi-weekly games, 30 minutes before at least. And I'll be foam rolling, stretching, activating the muscles, go, right. doing some little sprints. And they were like, man, you're crazy. You're like, they're like, you're like 20s and you're doing this. I was like, <laughs> I got to make sure. Yeah, I was like, I got to make sure my body's 100%. And it played off. It played off because when I would play, I would feel 100%. Like, I would be able to move. Like, my first quarter, it didn't take me two quarters to warm up. I was ready to play and move well. So I think, like you said, I think that's huge. I think um, being able to really, I think, especially for the weekend warriors, activating some muscles loosening up not warming up by playing basketball you know warm up a little bit then start playing basketball because you got to listen to your body if you feel like you're like you said um oh my shoulder's kind of off or my hips kind of off let's let's figure out why it's going off because that might be lingering on throughout the game and it might force you to compensate kind of like derrick rose you know when he had those ankle sprains that led to that acl and mco injury mainly the acl injury i think it might have came from those ankle injuries that he had in the, previously right right but from in terms of when you first started you know the basketball doctors to where you are now and you're speaking with um clients have you seen um the change in terms of i don't know maybe in the beginning where you would ask them are you warming up before a game or just asking them general knowledge about stretches and the importance of rest to when you ask your athletes now has the awareness gotten more higher or is it still more or less the same like like not enough of the athletes know that much about that field you know uh, that's a great question i would say it's funny because when we first started three and a half years ago or three years ago sorry uh, 20 we did it in 2018 um, there was not that much information online regarding that. There was like general stuff. Right. Now, uh, most of our clients come from social media or online. And when we, when we talk to them, when we kind of educate them when we're, and they're, they kind of say terms that I'm, I'm shocked. Like I remember on Monday, I had a, uh, I had a follow with one of my, one of my athletes that I've been working for for over a year. And he's, okay. uh, um, he, he brings in some stuff. I was like, Hey, we got to work on some single leg stuff landing really work on that uh force absorption and he kind of starts throwing out words like yeah you know i, I feel like like he starts he's in high school and he started saying yeah um i forgot what the exact word is but i was surprised like hey, man how'd you learn this he's like, oh, by, watching he's like by watching your videos so i think a lot of people and we get a lot of messages like hey we learned a lot and i think now that there's more information on social media and the internet I think athletes are learning more about that because when I was, you know, growing up, the internet was there, um, but there wasn't as much information as, as there is now, and now right. the information is much more digestible. Right. So I think now people are just um, l- uh, learning a lot, but it's also a, a twofold because they're also learning sometimes too much yes. uh, in a bad way because you know right. there's a there's a both sides of the story because we have some people coming in it's like, oh yeah, you know, I read this on the internet, I read that. So the information, it's kind of give or take, you know, take it as you, as you, with a grain of salt, because you always have to do your research, you know, yourself, but we try to provide as much uh, 
both sides of the story but we see some people with different like oh i thought i read something that i not supposed to do this not supposed to do that but um i think now people just because how accessible information is it's easier to learn more like we're on tiktok for example and we have a bunch of high schoolers like oh man i didn't know about this and they start mm-hmm. asking deeper learning questions as opposed to um before like when i was in high school i didn't even know what the patellar tendon was right. and now <laughs> you can just google patellar and my knee pain their patellar tendon and so I think it's just the, the information accessible all over the world right. is really helping the game and really helping basketball players knowing like I know now kids are telling me what stretches should I do because right. I'm happening and when I was in high school I would have never thought about that I don't think I stretched ever in high school right <laughs> no same same I am super yeah. guilty of that as well right. super guilty of that but I mean I, I, again um, another thing when I came across you guys's um page and for listeners don't worry all the info is going to be in the description but one thing i absolutely love is you know that you guys have your injury your injury reports and you go in depth just in terms of how it, it might have happened why it happened and just really you know going into the depths of it which i think for me is important because i think there's a difference between width and depth in terms of some people will just you know go over the surface level but you guys highlight what the surface topic is but then really go into the depths of you know how it happened how to prevent it so just for yourself and what the basketball doctors do you know why you know why is bringing that insight so important to you guys I think the, I mean, uh, first of all, thanks, thanks, Coach D. Appreciate the the feedback uh, on that. But I think the the main thing that we wanted to bring, like the in regards to NBA injury, we do some NBA injury alerts. We also do just regular alerts. I think it comes down to I think uh, knowledge is power. I think it's just so like true. as much so true. as we could, you know, educate the the masses on why exactly it's happening, why it's occurring that could help them make decisions to prolong their career so that we try to really break down the why. There's one thing um, I noticed, and I think sometimes, you know, sometimes uh, we'll do it too, but we try to get straight straight away from it and be like, uh, oh, just do this or just do that. We want to go like, hey, why you're supposed to do this? This helps with this. Because I think as an athlete, you get even further buy-in some athletes don't really like it but i think as myself and just for the future that way you could take care of yourself down the line right. you know why you're doing something so let's say if i have an athlete do um uh, uh, like a like if i'm seeing them how they land like hey we're working on landings like i tell them why like hey i break it down uh, a car needs to have a good braking system we got to work on the braking system before we hit the gas Right. You know, exactly. all gas, exactly. no brakes is going to lead to failure. So right. I think just being able to educate the player, that's our biggest thing. That way, when they're late 20s, they're bit, they'll be able to earn 30s or 40s. They'll know what's going on with their body. And that's that's the biggest thing. I think knowledge, uh, I wish I would have been able to have the knowledge that uh, we, we get partake to get people and all with this Internet as well to know right. about your body exactly exactly because it's um quite funny i remember when because i mean every every hooper whether you're six eight or you're five foot four you want to be able to dunk right so um i remember and it's crazy because i'm looking at the book now called um relentless by tim s oh tim grover grover yeah and um just just learning you know what was it that mj was doing to be able to jump like that and you know it's it's i think it's so important to actually stick with the process because i remember i i did it for about two weeks and i went to my local um net grabbed the ring for the first time felt like a king and i just stopped doing all right right that's it no need and then you kind of slowly start to see the decrease and one um post that i'm gonna read which the um you guys did which i which really stuck out to me was just you know again the importance of you know further strengthening after an injury and i was gonna 
quickly read that um, studies show that 55% of individuals who sprain their ankles and do not seek treatment from a licensed healthcare professional may contribute and lead to chronic ankle instability. And I'm just very curious to get you to get your thoughts on um, well, first off, why are some people not seeking that further development or just you know continuing the course on? strengthening their body after a injury and just the importance of it also uh that's a great uh great question i think honestly it's like uh we're talking to several people i think it comes from just the basketball culture you know they're yes. like hey just walk off the walk off your ankle sprain it's, it's right. not a big deal it's a small right. one um that's i think one step other step is people don't know that there's rehab i'd say that's why we try to our mission is like hey, there's stuff that you could do. People are like, normally it's like, you sprain your ankle, the rehab for normal basketball players from what I've spoken with people and everything is, hey, let's just ice it, rest it, and that's it, and tape it up. That's right. the rehab. Right. Uh, and that's why a lot of people have what they say, weak ankles. Yes. Hey, my ankles are weak, or I keep on spraining them. Uh, but they still, they're like, you know what? They still don't want to seek out medical attention or medical help. And that's going to lead to injuries at the knee or lead to continued ankle sprains. And the way they combat that, they're like, let me just put more ankle brace. Let me tape up my ankle. And that's just like masking the problem. It's kind of like I usually tell people it's kind of like um, if there's a leak in your roof, you just patch the bottom under underneath it. You cover it or you put a bucket. Right. It's like let's, as opposed to going up on the roof and figuring out where is the leak coming from. Right. Exactly. So um, exactly. I think that's the that's the biggest thing and that's and that um that statistic is alarming because it's it's a lot of you know it's 55 yeah, percent. so is, two people one person so it's kind of like if we were able to provide some kind of ankle guidance that's huge because i mean ankle sprains like you said that's the the major injury right that everyone deals with right. and that's what you know our goal is we're actually launching a program on that itself for people to do um, but that's kind of like the one of the biggest things is we need to get your uh, body right after an ankle sprain. Don't take, they actually said minor, don't quote me on this, but um, reading some stuff and then just talking to people, minor ankle sprains are actually end up being worse long term than a big ankle sprain because a big ankle sprain forces you to do the rehab, get your ankle stronger. A minor one, people don't seek out help. And that might lead to other issues down the down the chain. Mm -hmm. So true, so true. And oh man, I mean another post because it's quite funny because when I'm with some of my players and they're um, you know I'm they're doing some stretches and you, and you hear the usual, <laughs> you know, it's like they're like just about going to reach their toes and some of them are like, coach, come on, man, I'm not trying to be you no know, ballerina or gym that's what i'm like hey you want to be able to dunk right like the, the 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 importance of flexibility you know and with the basketball doctors they highlight you know the basketball muscle flexibility and you know just for yourself you know why is that so important yeah so muscle flexibility they've shown some studies that uh, if you don't have great muscle flexibility uh, that leads to actual muscle strains and suboptimal performance of your your movements because I usually tell people if uh, for a muscle to be uh, at its optimal position it has to have good enough flexibility in order to contract so let's say if your muscles are constantly tight or you don't have good flexibility right. you're always going to be uh, performing at suboptimal you're going to put yourself at risk for a hamstring strain per se or a calf strain so if you're have is not uh, flexible enough that's going to limit your ankle mobility same right. thing with the hamstring if the hamstrings aren't uh, that uh, flexible or the hip flexors especially the hip flexors for basketball players if their hip flexor muscles aren't flexible enough they won't be able to achieve hip extensions meaning like they won't be able to push off with their hip so what they're going to do instead is they're going to be moving from their low back because they lose flexibility in the hip so to reach back, they're going to want to use their low back more. And that's why we see a lot of low back injuries in basketball players just wear and tear. Um, so those are kind of like the major ones. And it helps. Studies have shown that it helps with vertical jump just because it allows you to 
get a little more triple extension per se, meaning right. being able to extend your hips, extend from your calves. Um, so it plays a role in in that. And I usually tell people you want to keep you know, besides muscle flexibility, it comes in with like some soft tissue stuff. I usually like uh, how you said using a gun or or um, a foam roller to kind of alleviate some just get the muscles moving that way you right. can kind of get it stretching right after because there's a difference right. between muscle flexibility and joint mobility joint mobility is more the joint meaning the joints should be able to move pretty well and it kind of uh it's kind of twofold it's we don't know if it's the muscle that's going to limit the movement until we move it ourselves or is it joint because it could be okay. the joint stiff and right. then the muscle gets adapted shortening due to the joint not moving Right. Or it could be vice versa. The muscle gets tight. Now the joint's not going through its full range of motion, and that gets tight. Right, right. And just in um, terms of just before we wrap up, I think the one thing again with the line of work that you're in, you're you know building a, a foundation for the body, but also you know, and sometimes you know um, people even neglect it is just the importance of you know focusing on the mind and getting the mind right you know and i'm sure you've you know you've worked with so many athletes where physically they're there but mentally they're still quite vulnerable or 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 still unsure if they're able to play or perform at the high level that they once used to so just in in terms of you know how you guys navigate the the mind and the psychology of a athlete you know what are some of the things that you guys assess and do so that you know that person has gained that confidence back i mean coach that's a huge point huge i can't stress this enough Mm -hmm. so um the psychological component is huge for recovery um specifically for acl I'll, i'll use an example we actually use a questionnaire for an ACL is, um, and we compare that with our normal testing. So in the questionnaire, there's a series of questions and they answer it from zero to a hundred. And they could put it like numbers and it says like, how likely am I to get re-injured? Different little questions. I don't know them on the top of my hand, but there's different questions on the psychological component. And then we compare that with their actual physical performance. So let's okay. say their physical performance is good, meaning like, hey, they passed all of our return attacks. They did the triple hop test. They did their cutting. They look good and everything. But the psychological thing, their uh, physical objective testing is a 95%, let's say. Okay. Uh, their, uh, that questionnaire scores a 60%. That's a huge thing because we're like, hey, this person's physically ready, but they're not psychologically ready. Right, right. And one of the biggest things we do on that side is um, early on, we try to do more return to sports stuff early on, like give them a basketball. Um, So when they're doing some of the rehab, they're doing it with the basketball, they're dribbling, or when they're doing lunges, I have them catch the ball, throw it, just to get them a little bit more confident and believing in themselves with the basketball and then reacting um, using their motor cortex, using their brain to really uh, respond to more like a, this multitask. Because retaining right. a basketball is pretty, pretty tough. And we usually try to get them as much. I usually tell them the, the backyard analogy. So if we're in the house, we're in the backyard. We're trying to get you ready for the front yard. Because in the front yard, uh, the ball might go out to the cross, go, go to the street, and there's a car passing by. You've got to be able to make a decision. Uh, I love that. So I love it. first, in the backyard, everything's enclosed, you know, the ball is not going to go anywhere or you're going to stay there. So we're really getting you ready in the in the backyard and then transition into the front yard. Right. And that comes right. throughout. Uh, and it's like, let's say you tore your ACL or an ankle sprain. It's kind of getting you mimicking that environment. We'll go on the basketball court, get you doing some. We're trying to bridge that gap all the way until you're ready to play basketball. Right. Um, and then if you're still having some issues, like if, if the number's so low, we uh, we refer, there's a, a psychiatrist, not psychiatrist, psychologist, and there's a, other people that we've uh, know that we refer out to. And we're nice. just starting to do that more nice. because we're not uh, experts at that, uh, but we, you know, reach out like, hey, contact these people. They're really good at what they're doing and they really help with that. So far, we've uh, helped. We've had one person go in there, 
um, just because we needed them to uh, get uh, just a different aspect of therapy per se and it's more right. of the mental side you know we're doing the physical side just because right. their numbers uh, we weren't uh, getting the numbers that we wanted and we don't want to it's not our license to do more of that we wanted to refer out but we do right. stuff throughout the time that they've showed us like here's the tips that you go in there and then the other thing is the thing that we get kind of scared more it's not so much the people that are scared to go back it's the people that are too eager to go back to be honest with you so that that questionnaire that we did uh, we've had several we actually see this more on the eager side we have people that say they're really good and when they do the physical testing they're horrible so like in the the questionnaire they're like how likely are you to get hurt like zero Uh, uh, all these numbers that they're like they're ready 100% but when we do the testing they're nowhere near ready it's a different story so that's more scary because those people are willing to do more stuff quicker uh, and that puts you at risk for injury so we want to kind of a fine balance and be able throughout the process have you up to par with your physical or maybe slightly higher or slightly lower we don't want this huge discrepancy and that's where either we're doing something wrong and we refer out to um, some sports psychologists that we know around the area Right. Or we try to, if we don't try to, you know, help them, give them some tips or like, hey, man, we really need to slow you down or like, hey, you could, you know, you physically, you could do it. What's going on? And then right. go from there. Oh, man. So key. So key, man. So, I mean, just before we wrap up, one thing I do with my guests is we're about to enter the quick hitter segment. So I'm just going to ask you some questions and see where you're at with it. So, yeah. The first one is, coach, what would you say is a skill that is taught by many, but only mastered by a few? Damn, uh, that's, a, that's <laughs> a hard one. Coach said, uh, damn. <laughs> you said a, a, a skill, repeat that again. No, no, that, sure, that sure, good. sure, sure. Um, a, a skill that is taught by many, but only mastered by a few. I think uh, shooting, I'd say if we were going to basketball shooting i think uh uh it, it's topped by everyone but it's only mastered by like the elite elite you know very that's what true. gets you in the nba very true very true next one is the best piece of advice you ever received i honestly the the biggest one is uh one trust the process and believe in yourself throughout the time and i think we mentioned that you you had to trust the process you know that if you're recovering from an injury or if you're doing anything um, you got to trust the process like Joel Embiid trust the process he was hurt the entire rookie year and if you put in the work believe in yourself you'll you'll be able to achieve anything right completely Um, the next one if it wasn't for basketball I wouldn't have learned filling the blank about myself I I think the, the the whole process I think basketball taught taught me how to really um, learn how to work hard learn how to work in the team and then also with all the injuries that I've experienced and just learning how to play you you learn like that get that work ethic and commitment and trusting the process right right and the final one is what would the title of your autobiography be oh man that's a, that's a good one <laughs> I mean yeah I, I think I would say uh, it's it, Hopefully, I'm not stealing this from Joel Embiid, but um, trust the process. I mean, we've had ups and downs, and we're just believing in what we, in our mission, and that's kind of uh, as our company and myself, just believing in the process and like, hey, there's gonna be some ups and downs, but overall, we're gonna be in an overall trajectory. Understood. Understood. Okay, the fourth quarter. Right. So the. F- final part coach is we're gonna have a little bit of fun here so what i do is um i give my guests 10 seconds and they need to name me five things so just as an example i might say coach uh i'm gonna give you 10 seconds to name five uh nba teams and when you hear the soundtrack in the back and and the countdown yeah that's when you just start listing them off okay Let's do it. Okay, I love it. I love it. Okay, let's start nice and easy. Coach, 
I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five NBA players. Man, uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, um, Kyle Kuzma, yep. Lou Williams. Um, we're going... Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't know why I blanked out. Yeah. It's all good. Uh, I love it. Okay. Number two. Ten seconds, coach, to name five NBA teams. Lakers, Clippers, yeah. Thunder, Rockets, Suns. Yes, Kings. sir. Oh, he's got more. I love it. And oh, here's, the, here's the one thing that I love. The first two, Clippers, Lakers. That's that Lakers, Caddy yeah. love right there. I love it. Yeah, after, after. I love it. Next one now. Okay, so this one is, is, is going to really test your um, knowledge of the NBA. Guests in the past have stumbled, but let's see how you do. This one, coach, 10 seconds to name five NBA coaches. Damn. Mike D'Antoni. Yup. Um, Jesus. I'm backing out right now. Bill Jackson. <laughs> yup. Uh, Pat Riley. Yeah, okay. That's three. <laughs> That's Damn. solid. That's I, solid. I need to name the Lakers coach, Frank Vogel. Hard on me, But, okay. Last three. Last three. Coach, you've got 10 seconds to name five international players in the NBA. Nice. Uh, Luka Doncic. Uh, Six. Five. Jesus, I'm going to be now. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Jesus. Um, uh, that that's, that's tough. <laughs> I'm is. like banking on some of the names. <laughs> Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, I'm going to name the Lakers guys first. Yeah. <laughs> Last two. Okay, this... Next one should be quite easy. Okay, coach, you've got 10 seconds to give me your personal top five players of all time. Damn, Kobe. Of course. LeBron. Yes, sir. Larry Bird. Magic Come on Johnson. Now. And then I would go with Kareem. Ooh, okay. Got some history in that lineup. I love it. Yeah. Okay, final one, coach. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five artists that get you hyped before a game. Yeah, uh, Kendrick Lamar. Okay, Drake, here we go. Uh, Nipsey Hussle. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, Rich the Kid. Yep. And then uh, Luzi. Oh, hey, no, you had me at Nipsey Hussle. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. I mean, listening, this has been an absolute treat. And um, just before we go, coach, um, talk to me for players who don't, you know, want to prepare themselves as best as possible, players who are going through injury, players who are still rehabbing post injury, you know, and they want to follow you guys, you know, do your programs. Where can they find you? Hey, thanks for the. Uh, for everything so far coach you love the podcast um but you guys could follow us on instagram at basketball docs uh, b-a-s-k-e-t-b-a-l-d-o-c-s and you can find us on tiktok the same thing basketball docs um our whole name is the basketball doctors and our website is www.thebasketballdoctors.com and uh, for all of the listeners in here we uh, we have a bunch of programs that we're doing like jumpers knee program um ankle program so for you know for any listener that wants to do part of the programs well because uh anyone that was listening to coach d's podcast will give them a 25 percent off i don't know how it works i think i'll send the send the code off to um coach d and you can put that in the description but we have um eight week rehab prehab program to prevent and manage jumpers knee we also have an ankle sprain program um, and we had different we're launching programs every month um, so we'll give 25% off to every listener um, through the program so they could access any program awesome awesome that is absolutely amazing right listeners you heard it here first this is myself coach D and the basketball doctors signing out <laughs>